I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 19 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capresque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is my good buddy Nick Rehack from the Rabbit Hole Podcast. There you go. <laughs> I almost <laughs> forgot. I, I went down that rabbit hole. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> welcome, Welcome back, Nick. Thank you for having me back, as always. Yeah, always, always fun talking to you. Always, yeah. always enjoyable. There's, there's always places to go and, and things to talk about with you. So I, absolutely, I, I really like that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah. So uh, minute 19 begins with George confess George confessing to his father and ends with George finally making a decision. So yesterday we we ended things. You know, we we the last two days we've been having we've been watching this conversation between George and Peter. Which uh, you know is is quite integral to to the whole movie and the way that things are are moving along and stuff like that. And you know, at, at the end, Peter sort of tells him, you know, that uh, you know, I I I think that your place. And, and he's not saying it directly this way, but he's basically saying your place is with us. You know, you're not going to make your uh, you know eight was it eighteen million dollars. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, before he's 30, before you're 30, <laughs> so you might as well come in and work at the uh, building and loan, you know. And then today's episode begins with George saying, I know, Pop, I know that. I wish I felt that uh, I've been hoarding pennies like a miser here in order to. Most of my friends have already finished college. I just feel like if I didn't get away, I'd bust. So, I mean, first of all, the, the, his. You know, his little speech here is very interesting because I don't know if it's that he is somewhat embarrassed to say this in front of his father, you know, because because he keeps changing, changing uh, direction with what he's saying. You know, he doesn't he doesn't get a complete thought in here, you know, by saying, I wish I wish I felt that. And then like a miser here in order to, uh, you know, and then he like jumps to the fact about his friends. And, and it's just the idea of just he needs to get out. He he want he's been dreaming of this all his life. Yeah, because I I think it comes back to and I think we touched on it. It might have been Tuesday, but maybe Monday when we talked about how a lot of his conversation it's heading towards you know him telling talk you know his true self, who he wants to be, what he wants to do. But then he kind of stops himself because he doesn't want to disappoint his father in a way. He still wants Correct. to you know, be supportive of his dad and what his dad does, but he doesn't want to do what his dad does, even though he's apparently really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, go on, he's been doing it for a few years. And so yeah. he's like, that. that's something that always, always makes me wonder, you know, when someone does something that they, they seem to enjoy and they seem to be good at, you know, and like, so, okay, continue doing it. 
you know, but, mm-hmm. but apparently he's just not satisfied with what he's doing, you know, because he wants more. He feels, I, I think it comes to the point that, that George feels that, that he has a lot more to give and giving, you know, by working in the building alone is not enough for him. He wants to be able to give even more. I can see that. I can absolutely see that. Right. I mean, and, I mean, the way that he talks here also is, that, you know, I wish that I felt that, meaning that I think he's sort of saying that I know I'm good at what, what I'm doing with you. Mm-hmm. So I wish that I would enjoy doing that more. You know, I wish I would feel more fulfilled with that. But since I'm not, I need to move along. Yeah. And and is it a weird maybe he's mistaking it. Maybe he's mistaking for just because I don't have that passion here doesn't mean he couldn't find it. Or it doesn't mean that the job you work, you have to have that passion for it. You know, there's plenty of jobs that people work that, you know, they're they're good at what they do. But at the end of the day, it's it's a way to make a buck because their passion is in other things. It's in their hobbies. It's in their family. It's just in all these other places. And I think that, you know, it's one of those things that when George gets older, like older, older, he'll start to kind of realize like, oh, you know, that's just the job. But the passion and the the real life is, you know, the family here is the friends here. I mean, it's the stuff that he doesn't even realize that he has. That's where the, you know, the real passion uh, comes from. Correct. Because he's so busy with with everything else that he's doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's also part of it. You know, and, and then he says the fact that he's been hoarding pennies and now. What's interesting is, is that, you know, his his father said earlier in the week that that that, you know, his father's basically been sending saving the money in order to send him to college. You know, it's not that that George has been saving this money. So he's saying I've been hoarding pennies. Interesting. Yeah. So then it kind of makes you wonder why. Well, no, maybe it's fair for or spending how, money. Not why, but how? Right. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's spending money or whatever. I'm assuming he's, he's getting paid something from the building alone, you know. I don't, oh, there's no way he's not. Yeah, he has to be. Yeah. You know, so maybe he's been saving what he has in order to be able to, to to use it for any extracurricular activities that he wants to do while he's going to be in college. You know, that, that maybe his father is, you know, is footing the bill for uh, tuition, but he's got to pay for dorms or whatever. I mean, I, I don't really know specifically what, what the whole plan is or anything like that. You know, and yeah. so... Here, once again, we, we bring up a uh, coin. You know, yesterday we had a little, com- we had some conversations about the nickels and dimes, and today mm-hmm. we're going to go with the uh, penny. Okay. So where do you think the idea of a penny, and we're going to talk just about the, the American penny. You know, when do you think they first established the penny, which is also known as the cent? I think that it wasn't until... I would say the early it would oh it would be like a wheat penny or something right so let's say let's say 1795 very close 1787 ah and they even had up until 1857 they had what was known as a half cent you know meaning that that uh, the penny wasn't the lowest uh, denomination that today blows my hey, mind. You know, why not just make it the penny like I don't, <laughs> it don't make sense to me well again it goes back to the idea of inflation you know, <laughs> so at the time, okay. you know, you could get more for, for, I guess, get more for your penny. Okay. Okay. You know, and, and obviously the, uh, the, the penny, as we know, it is known as the Lincoln cent, mm-hmm. uh, that has had, uh, Abraham Lincoln on it since 1909, which was the centennial of his birth. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
And so it's a centennial. <laughs> there you go. Very good. That's good. That's uh, very, terrible very, that was. very punny. No, it fits. It That's fits. terrible. From, from 1959, which was the sesquicentennial of Lincoln's birth until 2008, the back of the the penny had the Lincoln Memorial. Mm-hmm. And then when when they reached his 200th birthday, so they changed it. And now, do you know what's on the back of a penny? Oh, um, I should, but I I don't. What's on the back? Um, they have the Union Shield. That's right. It is a shield now. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know like, why I blanked on that so hard, but yeah, that's yeah, okay. it is a shield. It is that little shield. Because because you you probably you know use use more bills than uh, than coins. <laughs> these days like most of that is that is true so the the official name is ascent um but the well sorry the the official name that people call it is ascent the u.s treasury's official name is a one cent piece and people refer to it as a penny because that comes from the the british idea of because they have a coin that was the same name okay all right here pennies is is the plural but in uh you know not to be confused with pence mm, okay see the, i would have leaned towards the pence but okay makes right. sense right now we, we talked about this uh you know yesterday also how much do you think it costs to produce a a penny isn't it like three or four cents to make a penny it's two cents <laughs> two cents <laughs> yeah way off <laughs> Yeah, so they they ended up having to change the uh, you know they've been talking for years that they want to change the composition of it so that it'll cost them a little less, but uh, they have not done that yet. I just don't know why we don't just knock everything off so it ends in a five or a zero. I, I just feel like to me that makes the most sense. But. Right. Well, I mean, as I mentioned yesterday, the the idea is that it probably. You know, they can sort of do away with currency because everyone's using, you know, electronic currency these days. Yeah, that too. You know, it's the, the whole idea that, you know, you, you reached a, that we reached a point where, you know, people were buying things in, in, the, in the supermarket or whatever it is, you know, everything would end with a nine or whatever it is. And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you'd be able to get change and sometimes you couldn't, depending on, you know, how much is left over and all that stuff. But once people started using credit cards, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So basically, uh, one one of the problems of the penny is the uh, there is some sort of there's there's a bit of uh, toxicity to it. Okay, I can uh, see that. They, unfortunately, they, but I can see that. That's right. They used they used both zinc and copper in the 1980s, and basically, uh, the idea is that if you swallow a coin, you can damage the the, the lining of your stomach. Because of, uh, you know, the way that the zinc uh, acts when it's in an acidy stomach. Hmm. Yeah, so, you know. You, that's why you all those to, pennies you, tasted bad as a kid. That's, that's <laughs> probably why. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently it is, it's fatal to dogs. Oh, yikes. Yeah, any penny in, uh, since 1982, if a if a dog swallows it, it could be fatal for them. Oh. Um, also in in parrots. Parrots. Mm-hmm. Like the bird. 
The bird. Parrot. What? What? What are we doing? Birds. I can understand if if somebody you know drops a hunk of food and it falls underneath of the table and a dog runs over to get it and somehow there's a penny under there and he and he gets into a chore. But how would a bird just get into your your pennies? I don't maybe I don't understand flying, that one. Maybe if they're flying around the house and you have like a change, uh, uh, you know, like a little change dish or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird to me. I've I've never but, tried to feed a a parrot pennies. I've fed birds. Nuts before, little peanuts and stuff, but never pennies. No, no. I, I was once uh, a few years ago. We were in the zoo or something like that, and that parrot, you know, that was on my shoulder, went down and actually started eating my G-Shock and and ate part of the uh, part of the plastic. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah, my my kids thought it was hilarious. You know, <laughs> not so much the watch. <laughs> no, 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 no. I had to, I had to, to the the watch at that point began to deteriorate because oh, of no. Yeah. Once it, once the, the the I guess once the seal was broken, that was it. Yeah. Just that was the game. Man. Yeah. Apparently. What a jerk of a bird. A jerk of a bird? I don't know, but uh, you know that's the way it is. Real jerk. Real jerky in your watch. <laughs> he maybe maybe he was being starved. Oh, could be. I don't know. I don't know how much they would that, feed him. That was you know, why would he want to eat? Why would he want to eat the the the, the the plastic on my watch. I don't know. Maybe he so doesn't that, like that brand of watch. He's a Rolex kind of bird. Ah, yeah. Okay, a Rolex. Kind of, he doesn't. He doesn't like G-Shocks. There you go. <laughs> Get that practical watch out of here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay. <laughs> yes. So that that that's with watches and parrots <laughs> and pennies. <laughs> So he also mentions here, you know, most of my friends have already finished college. Now, I'm, I'm a little confused about this because if if we've established that George is two years older than Harry, it means that it's only been two years. So how could his friends have already finished college unless they're possibly going to, you know, two-year colleges or something like that? That's That was my understanding. Like some of his friends were getting associates and not necessarily like bachelors, so they were getting a two-year degree or or something like that uh, to where they were kind of in and out, and he just hasn't gotten there yet. Or even maybe he took a year off uh, and, and worked in order to you know kind of get that money together in order to go to college so he can like fully dedicate himself. No, well, we know that that's what George has been doing. He's been you know he's been working in, in the building alone in order to be able to make money for that. But the question right. is, is how long. You know, if it's only been two years. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. You know, now do you, do you know what the term college means? Like, where what the etymology of it is? Oh, uh, college. Uh, no, I I, I want to go towards like the word collegiate or some type of like collective knowledge. Like, you go somewhere. Hey, here's a bunch of people that know a bunch of different things, a collective knowledge of sorts. But that's that's the only thing that I would think of. Right. OK, so it actually comes from the Latin verb uh, Lego, L-E-G-O, which could also be Lego. You know, uh, which means to collect, gather together or pick. Which okay. which really is amazing to think about it, that the, 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 the term Lego means to like to collect or gather you know, because that's more or less what, what you're doing when you're playing with, with Lego. You're building things and putting them together. You know, yeah, you're gathering things them, together. Them, getting the, yeah, I love Legos, man. 
Yeah. And so the, the idea of, of colleagues is it's basically people who've been selected to, to, to gather together, to work oh. together, things like that. Okay. I like that. I like that definition. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. Cool. Now, what do you think was the very first college in the U.S.? Or the actually, let's 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 start with let's start with something else. Let's go with okay. How many colleges do you think there are? Colleges and universities there are in America right now in America. I want to say thirty-five hundred. There are five thousand nine hundred and sixteen. Okay, more than I thought, but not like in. It's that's a believable amount of colleges. Yes, but but apparently ten years ago. There were uh, 7,200, and that, uh, you know, so the 1,300 have closed over the last uh, yeah. decade. That, unfortunately, I can see, too. Yeah. That's a bummer, man. That's right. So, like you said, they have two-year colleges, which are, you know, known as junior community colleges, which uh, offer an associate degree. But then you can have the four-year college, which offers a bachelor's, uh, you know, for undergraduates. And things like that. Uh, usually, four-year institutions emphasize liberal liberal arts curriculum. You know, so that you you get a variety of of subjects that you're studying. You're not just studying a specific uh, subject the whole time. Um, and but, do you know what the difference is between a university and a college? Um, I I would assume a university uh, has more featured. Um, like dormitories and facilities so you could stay versus a college where it's just kind of you roll in, you know, do your studying and learning and then leave. Hmm. Okay. That, that's an interesting uh, uh, way to think of it. But uh, the, the actual answer is that it, um, in universities, they basically do research and in colleges, they don't. Oh, so you could get a doctorate at a university, but not a college. That's correct. Oh, I mean, now it, okay. nowadays that it's changing a little bit, but but most colleges you can only get a bachelor's in. I didn't know that. You know, sometimes, okay. Sometimes there are colleges that are part of universities and things like that. So therefore, mm -hmm. you know, those you you can get, you know, uh, uh, you know, a postgraduate degree, uh, sometimes a master's and sometimes a PhD. But but in general, a college is a place where you go you go there to to study to get to get your uh, undergraduate degree and the the teachers are basically just lecturers they're not researchers but in universities they're actually researchers okay. you know the point very the point is, is that people go to the 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 you know the professors go to the university in order to be able to do the research and they have to teach courses along the way as opposed to someone who's going to a college in general they're going there just to teach the courses okay all right I'll Right. So again, he, he mentions the fact that, that basically his, his friends have all uh, pretty much finished uh, college. And, you know, he has this feeling that if he doesn't get out of Bedford Falls, then he's just, he's going to burst. He's going to bust. You know, but I think, and, and, you know, it goes to show how smart his father is by the way he, he responds. You know, like he looks at him. He, you can see on his face that that he's somewhat patronizing, but he goes, mm, yeah, yeah, you're right, son. You know, he's like, I'm not going to argue with you on this, even though I know you're wrong. <laughs> and and George isn't convinced, and he goes, uh, you see what I mean, don't you, Pop? 
And Peter's response to him is, this town is no place for any man unless he's willing to crawl the potter. Now you've got the talent, son. I've seen it. You get yourself an education and get out of here. So it's very interesting that Peter is saying this because Peter himself is not willing to crawl to Potter. No. So, and I think it's just one of those he just wants better for his son. He's like, no, but what he's he saying is in order to stay here, you got to crawl to Potter. But he himself is not doing that and he's staying there. Or is the idea that he added him to the board of directors in some ways crawling to Potter, you know, to to try to patronize him or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, but but we can see that Peter really understands the situation. And at the same time, he also sees George's capabilities. Uh, and maybe he looks at it and says, okay, look at what you can do without an education. I'm going to be amazed at what you're going to be able to do when you do get an education. You know, how much more powerful and and, you know, capable will you be? Once you have an education. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's how he's looking at it. And George just looks at him and goes, Pop, you want a shock? And, you know, Peter smiles a little bit and he goes, I think you're a great guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Peter is, is obviously, uh, you know, over, uh, over, over, overflowing with joy that his son is, is able to say something like this to him. <laughs> and then uh, George looks over at the door. And we see we see Annie with her head like in the window by the the door to the to the kitchen, mm. and <laughs> and then you know he goes, "Did you hear that, Annie?" And she says, "I heard it. <laughs> it's about time when you lunkheads said it." <laughs> That's probably my favorite moment in the film. It's, it's, it's just it's a that, great one. that little it's such a great line. And then there's enough of a pause to really let it set and to really absorb what's happening. And then there's that levity afterward. Like it's it's such a perfect moment. And I'm I'm fairly certain it was like at this moment in the film where I'm like, I'm watching something really special. I'm watching something that is such a standout of its era and I was kicking for not having seen it sooner like already only 19 minutes into the movie I'm like I am regretting not seeing this that much sooner but I also think that because of where I am in my life and my age I think I have such a profound appreciation for lines and moments like this and just for the film in general and I feel like if I, maybe if I saw it earlier or sooner I wouldn't have felt the same Correct. Or I would have had that, a different reaction. Possible. Yeah, for sure. But that, but this is it's it's hands down my favorite part of the whole film right here. Yeah. This moment. And and it shows also that that not only does Peter know George, but George understands Peter. Yeah. Without being so overt and 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 blatant and obvious about it. It's they're they're kind of like winking and nodding at each other, being like, no, I get it, without having to actually come out and say it. Correct. And, you know, have you ever heard the term lunkheads before? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you really? I've, 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 I've actually oh, yeah, never I've heard it outside of this movie. Have you really? Okay. What, what, is, what does it mean? Uh, just just like a bunch of dum-dums, just a bunch of, you know, you're a bunch of blockheads, a bunch of guys that 
finally, like it's been so obvious in front of your face, like you finally see it kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the, the literal uh, definition of it is either a fool or an idiot. Yeah. You know, and, and then it's it, it, it in, in the place where I found this, it also says, uh, you know, similar to meathead. Never been called meathead, but I've I've gotten lunkhead from my grandfather on my dad's side a handful of times. <laughs> right. Now, do you know where the term meathead came from? Uh, meathead would have to be probably just poking fun at just a, a big dude. We're talking like six five, picking up heavy stuff all day. Like, or oh, there it is, right there. Uh, probably someone that just handled and carried like heavy meats or worked on a farm where it's more physical labor than it is, you know, using your uh, mental and, and, and intelligence. And they probably just like, oh, you're like one of those, you know, meatheads over there, like old dum-dum over there. <laughs> right. So a, a meathead is an ungainly, dull or stupid person, someone who's lazy, disrespectful, or whose beliefs and philosophies clash, clash with another. But it's also a large, muscular, stupid man, especially an, an athlete. <laughs> And th this Those word feel like two very different definitions to me. Yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> completely. <laughs> well, no, they both deal with the fact that someone's stupid. You oh, know? yeah. But the other one goes very, very deep into that. The other one's like, ah, just a big dummy, <laughs> a yeah. big athletic dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I mean, the, 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 the phrase can actually be traced all the way back to 1863. But it is wow. most popular from uh, because of the, the TV show All in the Family. Really? Because uh, Archie Bunker would call his son-in-law, Mike Stivick, who was played by Rob Reiner, um, and he would constantly refer to him as a meathead throughout the entire uh, run of the show. Okay. You know, because that's also, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if you're, if, have, you, have you seen episodes of, of All in the Family? I bits clips and bits and pieces here, but never sat down and like watched, you know, episodes or anything. Right. So it's it's a very politically charged uh, show, you know, showing showing the the extremes of of both uh, uh, spectrums of of politics. And this was in the 1970s. Mm. So a after she says this, so you know, you you can really feel that, you know, she's part of the family. She's not just absolutely. She's not just a someone who's being paid to be there, mm -hmm. you know. And then George goes, "I'm gonna miss old Lanny." <laughs> <laughs> and then he like looks up for a second, and and then he goes, "Pop, I think I'm gonna go get dressed and go over to Harry's party." <laughs> so first of all, I think it's funny that that he he's calling it Harry's party, you know, even though he is the Eats Committee, but still. Mm. You know, I don't know if I would refer to it as Harry's party. I mean, it's Harry's graduating classes party or whatever it is. But we also don't really get any uh, real impression or real reasoning as to why he decides that he wants to go. I you think know, to, it's it. The conversation kind of reached that apex and he knows it. He's like, you know, all we're going to do is continue to talk in circles. Or maybe he just realizes, you know, that that was such just a beautiful and tender moment. Like, why? Why walk? Why change that feeling? Why not just leave that feeling there and and walk away while everybody's in good spirits? Oh, okay, that's fair. And that's how the minute ends. Uh, did you have anything else you want to say about this minute? No, that's just it's.
just a powerful moment tucked in there, and you're not expecting it at all. Nope. And all of a sudden, it's just here comes his left, and it's like, whoa. Just right. wow. Yeah, and and basically, I mean, what we've said this entire week is, is that, you know, on subsequent watches, this this scene is even more poignant than the first time you see it because yeah. of the fact of, of of what's going to be happening over the course of the next, uh, uh, you know, two weeks. We're going to, you know, we're going to see or we're gonna actually hear what happens, you know, that type of thing. Every Thursday, we have a segment called uh, Jimmy Stewart Thursday, where my guests will give their top five Jimmy Stewart performances. Obviously, you know, he's pr- predominantly, uh, prominently featured in this movie, but uh, he has many other movies under his belt. So uh, do, do you have... Do you have five on your list, or or are they? Uh, is it is this a wish list again? <laughs> I have exactly five on my list. <laughs> okay, that, that, so that's it works out perfect. That works. Uh, coming coming in at number five, uh, Anatomy of a Murder. It's it's a long movie, but there's something about just his character and the way he's able to piece everything together and present and just. I guess just talk in a way like I like watching Jimmy Stewart talk. I like listening to Jimmy Stewart talk. There's something about the way he just delivers that just works for me. And this is just a real showcase of that. Um, I really enjoyed him in uh, Rear Window, number four. Uh, number three, Vertigo. Uh, you'll notice a theme here. Number two, I really like him in Rope. I think Rope is hugely underrated uh, as an Alfred Hitchcock film and just as a film in general. And I recommend it to everybody as often as I can. And then number one, It's a Wonderful Life, because this is just – it's such a good movie. And he is so just outstanding in it the entire time. I, there's not a moment – there's not a bad moment with him in this film. Okay. That's definitely uh, – I, I can definitely agree with that. <laughs> All right, great. So, uh, Nick, you want to once again tell people uh, where they can find Nick Rehack? Absolutely. You can kind of find me everywhere. You can absolutely find me rabbitholepodcasts.com over on Lyrical Innuendo and Play MST for me. You could also find me guesting kind of everywhere, it feels. Uh, movies, films, and flicks. It's a fantastic podcast. You have the Exploding Helicopter podcast, Bad, Bad, Downright Strange, uh, the Deep Blue Sea podcast. Uh, you can find me on a lot of episodes over there. Recently found out I've been on 14 episodes over on that series. Oh, wow. uh, so, yeah, way more than I thought. Like so much more. It's almost absurd. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm uh, I'm out there for sure. And, uh, you know, come find me and give a listen and, you know, see what I have to say. All right. Excellent. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Your Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, moveyourminute.com. So, you feel like coming back in tomorrow to finish off the week and, and see what's going on at Harry's party? I absolutely am. All right. So until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly did. Life with its sorrow, life with its tears. 